Thank you, Josh. We're just going to look briefly at a passage in Jeremiah and then summer's a funny time isn't it sometimes people are away we often have visitors we often maybe don't see people for a couple of months and then all of a sudden it's the end of August and lots of things are happening people are moving schools they're moving jobs they're moving away sometimes they're moving back so we kind of just like to Spend a bit of time just sharing as well. That's right, Harv, I'll wake you up at the appropriate moment, don't worry. <laughs> We're just going to look at um, Jeremiah 29 from verse 4. If we can have that on the screen, James, thanks. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all of those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. Build houses and settle down plant gardens and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name. I have not sent them, declares the Lord. This is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my gracious promise to bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. I will be found by you, declares the Lord, and I will bring you back from captivity. I will gather you from all nations and places where I have banished you, declares the Lord and I will bring you back to the place from which I carried you into exile. Amazing verses. And they speak so much about change, about the future, about what we should do. A church was considering the purchase of a new chandelier. A church member who was unable to attend the church meeting where this was to be discussed, sent a note to deacons to express her opinion, as they do. It simply said, I am definitely opposed to buying a new chandelier for the church, for three reasons. Number one, I can't spell chandelier. (laughs) Number two, if we got one, who's going to play it? Number three, if we have that amount of money in the church account, Why don't we buy new light for the church and brighten it up? (laughs) And God's always talking to us about praying and also to be prayed for. And the preacher said, anyone who needs to be prayed over, please come forward. And this is a, you've probably heard this one loads of times. Leroy gets in turn to be prayed for. 
And when it's his turn, the preacher says, Leroy, what do you want me to pray about for you? Leroy replies, Preacher, I need you to pray for my hearing. So the preacher puts one finger in Leroy's ear, places the other hand on his head, and he prays and he prays and he prays for Leroy. After a few minutes, the preacher stops, removes his hands and says, Leroy, how's your hearing now? Leroy says, I don't know, preacher. It ain't till next Wednesday. <laughs> Shall I read that again? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Now, what's the, what's the one thing that we as humans tend to hate anything more than anything else? It's change. How many times do we say it's, it was so different before everything changed or nostalgia isn't what it used to be? What happened before nostalgia? What happened before the good old days? Do we have other good old days? Now let's just say that change for change's sake is never good. And change without prayer and without seeking God's will is also very risky and it can often be a disaster. But change that is undertaken prayerfully and with God's will at the heart of it, without our own human desires, this kind of change will prosper. Do you remember years ago, the Swiss? The Swiss used to be the master clockmakers and watchmakers of the world. They ruled the world. Over 90% of the, of the clocks sold in the world were Swiss. And what happened there was that digital clocks came along. And the Swiss refused to believe that it would ever happen. They made these wonderful masterpieces but they suffered a huge shift in the way of the world. Who would have thought that communism would have fallen? If you remember back in the 60s and the 70s, everything was about communism. You would never have thought a great empire like that would have fallen. Nobody would have thought the Roman Empire would have fallen. How many of you remember that day? 11th of November, 1989, the Berlin Wall would come down. Who would have thought that after the 11th of September, the world would be changed forever? And change in life is the only thing that is constant. Margaret Mead, who is an anthropologist, was quoted as saying, never doubt the power of a small group committed to changing the world. That's about the only way it's ever happened to the past. What a small group of people that have changed the world can we think of? I'll just ask, are you sitting in the same place that you always sit in on a Sunday evening? I knew, I knew which line would say that. <laughs> and Jack. <laughs> if we're asked, do we want to change? Would you like to sit somewhere? I'm not going to make you move. Would you like to sit anywhere else? The answer probably is no, because you kind of feel comfortable there. You like the view, you like the, the angle, you like everything else. When we move to the school for our morning services, um, within a week, actually, sorry, I'll tell a lie, within two weeks, I knew if I was looking for somebody, I knew exactly where I'd find them. And if somebody comes in and says, oh, have you seen somebody? And I know I've seen them, I know exactly where they'll be sitting. You know, they'll be either be on the, the sort of the drums and the kids' side or they'll be there on the 
not drums and not kids' side. I've got to be very careful. But change sometimes can be frightening. It can be uncomfortable. It can be risky. It may take us out of our comfort zone. Maybe we like things the way they are. It's like a favourite pair of slippers. They get sort of comfortable and they've got holes in, but they're mine and they're comfortable. I like them. And then somebody buys you a new pair for Christmas. That's so annoying sometimes, isn't it? When somebody buys you a new pair of slippers and you, you feel that obliged to wear the new slippers and they're so horrible. But soon they become comfortable again. But sometimes we need to change our position just to, just to take a different viewpoint. How beautiful is a butterfly? A butterfly was born to change. It starts off life as a funny little sticky, slimy white egg. And then it grows and it changes into lava. This is a biology, biology lesson for those that... Um, the larva, better known as caterpillar. Now, caterpillars have come in all shapes and sizes. Some are hairy, some are spotty, some are kind of ugly, really, but they're different. But what do they do? They eat, they grow, and then they change. A little bit like Harvey, really. <laughs> Sorry, he's leaving. That's why, that's, that's why I... Uh... But they change again into a pupa. Just remember my, my biology. Or a chrysalis ready for the next stage, but then they emerge into a beautiful butterfly. Complete. And you, you wouldn't believe that butterfly could come from that ugly thing that was before it. But as part of creation, God intended butterflies to change, and he intended us to change as well. And if we don't change, we have to ask ourselves, are we really doing what God intended us to do? Are we not moving on because we're comfortable? How can we move on? How can we grow? It's difficult. I'm too old to change. I'm too young to change. I'm too inexperienced. There's no point trying to change. It won't work anyway. But the one thing that will help us move on with God is to grow in his kingdom, to put our faith in him, that his promises that we've been singing about tonight, his promises are real, that he never gives up on us. He never leaves us, provided we follow his word. But before we change anything, we need to ask God if that is his will. It's no good just changing for the sake of it. As we read in Jeremiah, the people have been taken away from their homelands into exile, into Babylon. They crossed the desert and they're held by God, probably against their will. And God is telling them clearly that they should submit to their captors, not to rebel against them. They should settle down. What happens when people are held against their will? Do you remember Terry Waite and Alan Johnson? How did they survive? They weren't allowed books. Terry remembered Bible verses. He knew his Bible. But God tells them to marry and find wives, their sons and daughters in marriage, to seek prosperity and peace. Not what you expect a normal reaction. God knows that they're going to be there for a while. And they want to make life more bearable. And they need to listen to God. God also gives them a warning to be wary of false prophets and diviners. The exiles had their fair share of them. People who would say that they've had a word from God. Or have been given dreams and visions from God. 
But God states so clearly that these have not been sent by him, so don't be fooled. And the same applies today. Be wary of those that come amongst us and say things need to change. Test their prophecies, test out their visions, test out their dreams. Have they been prayed through? Have they been prayed through by the church and by individuals? But also be wary of those who resist change. There was a church deacon one day that was, had been in the church for many, many years. And somebody came up to him and said, you must have seen a lot of changes in this church. And he said, yes, and I've opposed every one of them. Opposing change isn't always good. I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God knows the plans that he has for us. He is a gracious God. He won't give us things that are bad for us. He promises that we will have a hope and a future. Are we doing what God wants us to do? Are we willing to listen to God? Are we willing to step out? And are we willing to change for God? <clears throat> do we want to stay in our comfort zone? The good news is that it's time to throw away those comfortable slippers, metaphorically. Get rid of the stuff that's coming between you and God and the stuff that is stopping God from doing the work in his church. You know, this church isn't ours any more than the homes that we live in, the towns that we live in, the businesses we have. We're merely stewards of all possessions. The land we have, the money we have, it all belongs to God. So we need to get rid of the man-made religious stuff and allow God to do his work through his Holy Spirit. You know... God isn't interested in what colour the toilets at the church are going to be. He's not interested in whether we sing with our arms raised or whether we sing with our hands in his pockets, whether we sing with an organ or a worship group or just with our voices. But he is interested in each one of us and he does promise that he knows us and he has a future in store for us. And we know that because he sent Jesus for us. What do you want God to do in your life? And we're going to hear from a couple of the guys that are stepping out soon. We were, not to made, we were not made to sit here and wish for things. We were made by God, for God. Don't sit around being comfortable wishing for things to happen. No one's too old, too young, too educated, too rich or too poor. And we all need to be willing to accept that change in our life is inevitable that sometimes it will involve risk. But if God is in it, then the risk is worth taking. 1 Corinthians 1 verse 27 says, But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. And I'm just going to, just to finish, I'm just going to read you a story about an eagle and a chicken. And you may have heard this, it's a great story. An eagle's egg rolls out of the nest and comes to rest near some chickens scratching about in the dust. The mother chicken takes it into her nest and incubates it with her own eggs, and they soon all hatch, and there's this little eagle chick running around with all the hen's chicks. The eagle's chick follows what all the others do and starts scratching about in the dust for worms and grubs. One day, a shadow falls over the ground as a huge eagle glides overhead. Wow, says the eagle chick, look at that. I wish I could do that. It must be great to soar up there. 
but it's probably safer on the ground here, just scratching about. Come on, say the other chicks, stop gazing up at the sky and daydreaming. You couldn't ever be like that big bird up there. So the eagle chick goes back to its dust and it grows older. Occasionally he would see an eagle or another bird in the distance and wonder what it would be like to spread your wings and be lifted high. Ah, oh, well, he thinks, I better do what the others are doing. And eventually one day the eagle had grown old. It's difficult to scratch around in the dust when you're old and his legs wouldn't carry him far and he couldn't see very well, but then a shadow falls over the ground. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he remembers seeing a shadow like that when he was younger. Wow, I wonder what kind of bird can soar in the sky like that. It must be great to be able to soar up there, but hey, I'm old and the others wouldn't like it if I could do something that they can't. Oh look, another worm. And so the eagle scratched about for a while longer and then he lay down and he died. He died never knowing that he was an eagle, that he was made to soar high above the land, to ride on the currents of air and to do everything that he was created to do. The eagle had been told it couldn't do something and it had made that decision that he didn't want to change, that it was safer and more comfortable to scratch about in the dust for worms. You know, God wants us to soar like eagles. He wants us to soar like him. It doesn't always have to be an earth-shattering thing that we do. Sometimes and often, it's the small things that we do that God is really pleased for. He promises that he will be with us. He promises that he'll always be there for us. That the plans he has for us are to prosper us and not to harm us. He is always with us, always, and encourages us, encourages us to change. Not for the sake of change, but for him. Isaiah 40, 28 puts it like this. Do you not know, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the, of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. And we do that because God sent us Jesus. Let's just pray and then uh, we'll move on. <clears throat> Father God we just thank you that you made us to change you made us to go for you you made us to soar on, on wings like eagles and Lord we just ask that as each one of us sit here that you will again empower us to move out for you we just ask that if we're feeling that we should be staying where we are, that you'll just open our eyes, open our minds to what you have for us. Thank you, Lord, for your promise that everything you give us is good. The plans you have for us are good. That your plans will prosper us and not harm us. And Father, we just lift each one of us to you. And we pray that throughout the week, throughout the coming weeks, 
that you will grow us. You'll make us more like eagles to grow for you. In Jesus' name, amen.